Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. I am Miss Emma Walsh. I am a presenter and a content creator all the way from South Africa, now living in the UK. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to the latest Driven Chat podcast. My name is John Markar and as you have just heard, this week on the podcast we are talking to a very special guest, uh, special for many reasons, firstly because of what she does in the industry that we will enjoy, automotive, cars and travel and stuff like that, uh, but also because she's an old friend of mine. And for, well, I figured it out, we looked before we started recording, we met for the very first time Emma Walsh, on the 5th of June, 2016. I like how I, had, I did the whole intro, the Miss Emma Walsh, and then I realised my name's just Emma. So. It is just Emma, but to your, to, you know, to your followers online, they know yes. you as Miss Emma Walsh, That's at right. Miss yeah. Emma Walsh, and YouTube channel Miss Emma Walsh and stuff. So, um, we just, yeah, hi. we just had to look. Hi. We had to look. <laughs> I had to go into my photo archives from many, many years ago. There's a lot of scrolling. Just to, like, place it all together, because... I mean, my whole timeline was off anyway. But yeah, we met in 2016. We did. We so, did. And it was a quite a bizarre meeting because... Um, <laughs> so from my memory, if my memory serves me correctly, at the time, I had just not long after... Well, in fact, about it probably been about six, seven months since I'd quit my big, big break career at Gumball. I remained really good friends with a key number of uh, YouTubers and influencers and automotive content creators. Uh, one of those people being Tim Burton, Shmi150. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim had said on uh, one particular day for a Goodwood Breakfast Club event, he wanted to take 
all of his cars, which I believe at the time were all blue. I think that was at the time that yeah, he was running were. with the, the blue crew tag. <laughs> the blue crew, that's um, right. So he had his Porsche, uh, Cayman GT4, his McLaren. Oh, now I'm testing myself because I can't remember which McLaren it was. 570? I think it was a 570. I th- 675? No, I don't no. know. Oh, anyway. I don't, no, wasn't that McLaren. purple, the 675? Yeah, it probably was. I don't yeah. remember, yeah. Uh, it was the blue crew. The they blue were all McLaren blue. <laughs> and the Ferrari FF. And I feel oh, like maybe right. there was one more. I can't think. But anyway, um, there was a group of cars that needed to get down to Goodwood. And Tim very kindly reached out to me and said, uh, do you fancy coming along, driving one of the cars, or perhaps drive one of the cars down, another one of the cars back? And I was like, of course, like this sounds amazing. I love Goodwood. Been going to the Breakfast Club since I was a kid, and here's the opportunity to drive down one of these cars. Uh, and then, just so, just by chance, coincidentally, at the time, you were you were renting a spare room or something bizarre. I feel you? like this might need an explanation because it sounds <laughs> I was really say, strange. You were living with Tim, but you would you were. I, w- I was living yeah. with Tim, and I know it sounds really strange, but Tim at the time saved my life basically he was very kind I had been kicked out of my apartment uh, this was a transition period for me I was in I didn't know what I was doing I would you know come over with uh, Greece the musical we can talk about that oh, later but yeah. I was kind of in the middle of not knowing where my career was going and I had just recently met him in Monaco and this I mean this, this we can go into this very we can go into this later <laughs> it really wasn't I was basically homeless and broke <laughs> and um he he offered his spare room to me as a as a favor. He was like, "Look, I have the spare room. I'm never there, um, you know, and I trust you. Mm. You'd be able to kind of look after the cars because he had all his cars in the garage." Yeah. And I was like, "Yep, no problem." Um, but yeah, so that was how I was at that event with him. Yeah. So um, there we were. I think I seem to, from my memory, driving down that morning, I'd had a. I think I remember I'd been to a friend's birthday party the night before, so I was, I was definitely safe to drive. But you know, we just a bit kind of tired and weary, and it's an early start. So I think I drove down. We got as far as like the Surrey borders before you then get into uh, Hampshire, East Sussex, that sort of direction. I might be getting my counties completely wrong. Do apologise. Your memory's fantastic. <laughs> well, I seem to think it is. I, then I start telling the stories and go, "No, that can't be right." But anyway, I remember getting to a petrol station not far from Petworth, Hazelmere direction. And um, the door opened. I've been driving on my own in the GT4. The door opened in this petrol station, and this little South African voice pops in and says, "Can I, can I just sit with you for a bit, and we'll do the rest of the journey?" And I was like, "Yeah, cool. Come on in." Like we'd never met. I think we'd like did we'd done the polite smile in the underground car park before setting off from Kensington. We were like, Hi. "Yeah." Um, but yes, there we were in a petrol station forecourt, and you were like. Um, can I just can I jump in with you for the rest of this? I'd journey? had enough of Archie by this stage. <laughs> I was I wasn't going to tell the full story there, but we can do that. We uh, can. You'd had a bit of a, uh, a disagreement with um, your uh, your co-driver up to that point, and yes. decided for the rest of the journey you sit in the car my head in. So I was like I was like looking around the car park. I was like, who's car? We stopped at the petrol station. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, right, I will see you later. Um, and I was like, hi, uh, John, can I come sit in the car with you? And that was that this crazy person just sat next to you. Yeah, and um, we had the the best conversation ever. And I was like. I just knew. I was like, we're going to be mates for a long time. Yeah, I remember having a similar feeling. And I thought it it was interesting and it was lovely in many senses because we had genuinely hadn't ever met each other before. Mm. Uh, but we were just two people with a cool friend, Tim, who basically said, come along and get involved in this fun thing. And and there we were. And I think because of that, that we just, yeah, I can't remember 
really the details of what we spoke about. Remember a lot of laughter. And then I think <laughs> there was a lot of laughter. It was probably about a mile or so before we got through the gates of Goodwood. I think I finally said, "So what? What is it you do? Like, what? What's your job?" And you said, "Oh, I'm, um, I, I'm on this uh, like TV show. Um, I've done a bit of singing, but yeah, I'm currently on this TV show. You might have heard of it. It's called Made in Chelsea." And I was like. <laughs> Oh, right. And oh, no. I mean, I hold my hands up a bit. I must have I, sounded like a complete well, idiot. No, I, I, not at all. I felt like the idiot because I was like, well, I don't really watch the show. So I don't, to, I, I don't know, maybe it was refreshing in a sense that I wasn't like, hey, you're Emma from Made in Chelsea. Because oh, I was no, just like, so much oh, better. this girl seems nice. <laughs> we can try We down. didn't even talk about our careers up no. until that point. So no. I don't know what we were talking about. We were having a wonderful conversation <laughs> <laughs> up until the point where you're actually like, oh, sorry, you know, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Um, it was really great, and it was a great day. Um, yeah, I can't. That was 2016. That was. I know that was a long time ago. Yes. And we've also just before recording talked about how old we're turning this year and next year, and that's quite scary as well. I'm actually terrible. I turned 40 this year, John. <sighs> I don't even know how that happened. Uh, well, um... I feel like we all should have a three-year grace period. Like we should all just just because of COVID and everything, we should have like a your age minus three years, and that's then a that very should good be idea. the real age. Take away two. Yes, at least. So I'm really 36. That's great. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Or uh, what's uh, this new term that I've only recently heard of? Showbiz age. Turns out there's such thing oh. as a so- showbiz age where you don't actually tell people your real age. You go with this uh, made-up fictional okay. age, which is basically like takeaway seven. Oh, I can do that. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Great. 33. Turning 33 this year. Wow. I feel a lot better saying that. See? There you go. This is like therapy. <laughs> I feel great. We're, we're going to work through a number of things. <laughs> I feel great. Okay. Um, it seems criminal. We should probably reference i mean beyond that very first drive that we Mm. we shared together there have been multiple other events where our paths have crossed we've ended up working together we were on a radio show together we've Mm -hmm. made videos together but despite doing this podcast for it will be two and a half years now uh, this is the first time that i've actually sat down with you and gone hi let's have a conversation isn't that (laughs) crazy very crazy yeah Um, and there are there are a few other friends who are like that like when 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 am i coming on your bloody podcast but you didn't here ask. I, I asked you. Actually, it was That's quite, yeah, it was nice to hear from you. Yeah. And now we're here. We've made it happen. <laughs> exactly. Finally. <laughs> it's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll we probably work our way through the um, how did we then meet again. Um, but for our listeners that perhaps don't know who you are, haven't, mm-hmm. or, or don't feel like there might be a few gaps in the story, um, in your own words, Emma Walsh, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Well, they wouldn't be the first. My career has varied so much over the years. And I find it quite weird, actually, because only since, as we said, what was it, 2016, Mm. I started doing YouTube. So only then was I kind of known in the space of uh, cars and presenting and, and getting my racing license and everything. So for me, that has only been, quick maths, seven years Mm -hmm. about. So... For the rest of my life, and we've already discussed my age, (laughs) the rest of my life, I was a singer, dancer, actress. So for me, like, that's who I am. It was what I did from three years old. Mm -hmm. I started ballet. My parents were in a really um, famous pop group in the UK. I was about to mention this. Yeah. So random. So they were called the Dooleys, and they were huge in the UK in, like, the late 70s. Um, So... 
they moved to South Africa just when I was born. So my mum was pregnant with me and then they quit the band and then moved over to, to Cape Town. So I was brought up there, but brought up in a, a very musical family. Mm -hmm. um, as you can imagine, lots of stage shows, lots of drama school. I mean, I finished school. I was quite, 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 <laughs> I was quite, new <laughs> word, quite sporty at school. So I used to do all the after school activities, but then I also did ballet, modern hip-hop, piano lessons, singing lessons, drama school. So I was a very busy kid. Um, but for me, that's really been my life. And from 18, I, I left home. I was doing corporate world. I was dancing in like the cricket. I was doing backup dancing for Ja Rule. I was just like the most <laughs> random things you can imagine um, as a dancer, singer. And then I went to Singapore for a year for a contract, came back, started my own events company. So I did this, this big event for Richard Branson. So I sang at it, but I also organized all the dances and the whole thing. So wow. I've always kind of been in that industry. Uh, and then I went on the cruise ships uh, for two years, I did two different uh, contracts and traveled all over the world. So those were really big singing, dancing shows. But kind of in between that, I was doing movies. So I was acting. Um, <laughs> I was doing stunts. So I did a lot of stunts for um, Scorpion King and all that kind of stuff. Um, so very much involved in the entertainment industry. Uh, so for me, that's how I know myself. But for, for the rest of the world now, I mean, not that many people know who I am, but for this kind of industry we're in, they know me for that, yeah, which is, which is weird for me because I'm still, I know it's been seven years, but I still feel like I'm navigating my way through this because when I started, I was one of the only girls in the UK doing YouTube mm -hmm. slash filming the content and driving. I think mm -hmm. roughly very few of us, yeah, um, and there wasn't wasn't really a job, that's for sure. And you know, content creation or you know, the, it was the influencer word was was really real back then i mean yeah. the word has now been taken and destroyed everyone's, everyone's it's been now. destroyed yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i that's why i say content creator yeah. presenter so but i mean i really was just working my way around i had no idea what i was doing i loved racing i loved formula one i wanted to learn how to drive it then became a video because of tim mm -hmm. it then became a youtube channel so i really was like going in blind i had no idea what i was doing um, I still don't most days. Okay. None of us do. That's the thing. And it's, it's what I like reminding our listeners of a lot because I know that we have a lot of younger listeners who perhaps are looking forward to a career in and around automotive yeah. from any aspect. It could be from the media side of things. It could be from the engineering side of things. It could be from driving side of things. And there's often, we often get people, you know, I go to a lot of events. I'm sure you get the same where people go, hey, do you have any advice or like, what are your words of wisdom? And the, the truth is, I always go back and say exactly what you've just said and go, well, I'm kind of still making it up as I go along. Just survive. And that's yeah, what, and, and often that's advice. where the good stuff happens. Yeah. You know, you just take opportunities and go with stuff. And I think that's, from what I've seen, from where I sit, that's a lot of what you've been doing is taking opportunities, grabbing them with both hands, having a go at it and just seeing mm. what comes of it. And I'd like to say, you know, from... From where I sit, you seem to be doing all right at it. It seems to be working. You know as a friend, that's not always true. No, of course it's not always. Yeah. It's not easy. That's, no. I mean, that's the one thing we must always make very yeah. clear is this world is not easy and it's only going to get harder. Yeah. As the years go go on, and I mean, I, I remember watching, a, in fact, I've got two, two really close friends of mine are both uh, teachers and one of them teaches in primary year mm. and the uh, they, they were doing like a future careers. So these are kids who are like, 10 or under 
and they were talking about careers. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the vast majority of kids came back with the answer, I want to be an influencer or a YouTuber. That was the actual answer. I want to be a YouTuber. And so, you know, so I think this is always, it's going to, this bizarre world is only going to get more bizarre. And I think, you know, a huge proportion of those kids might then eventually go, oh, okay, that's hard work. Or maybe it's not quite as fun as I want in the same way that we all thought we'd be. And it really is. It is really hard work. And Mm. I think, I think, it is scary how many people do want to do this job. And look, I, everyone must try everything mm-hmm. once or twice and, and give it a good go if that's what they want. But it is scary because, and, and I'm the same. I We were talking about it earlier. I'm a, a perfectionist. So mm. I want my content to look good. My Instagram is kind of my CV. And coming yeah. from the background that I've been in, we had CVs and on your CV or on your showreel or on your audition tape, you were the best of the best mm-hmm. um, that you could be. So I'm, it's kind of ingrained in me to always make sure that I am the best in the best shape. Like we were saying earlier, choreography, arm at this angle, not mm. that, are you standing here wearing this, dressed like this, look like this? That's been kind of drilled into me. And that's something that I have to let go of more and more in mm. this industry because I also don't, Yes, the content I make a lot of the time, I want to be a presenter and in this space, you can't always be joking around. And mm. I mean, I'm not the most serious person, as you know, I do know. as you know, but not many people <laughs> know me very well. They know me of from course. social media and I'm, I'm, you know, put together or I've mm. rehearsed my script or, you know, everything's kind of edited well. But I really I joke around a lot of the time. Um, I'm not that serious. And I try to bring that across a lot in my content. But at the same time, you want big brands to be hiring you so you of kind course. of you kind of like it's a difficult balance because you want to show yeah. people that you are a person yes. a real person with feelings yeah. and the ability to have fun but also take things seriously but then you don't want to be seen as kind of like the stuffy completely straight yeah professional um because that's not enough of a personality and therefore people won't engage it's, it's a tough balance yeah. honestly and I, I really related to being back in like acting school, any kind of audition where you were auditioning for the role. And I always say this to to people who ask, you know, how did you get into what you do and what's the best parts of it and how hard is it? I said, you know, I used to think my career was really hard and it was because you were competing with the best of the best. You know, even if you were a triple, a triple threat, you could sing, dance and act. There were a thousand <laughs> other of you in yeah, the room and yeah. you are battling out for this thing. And I was like, you know, we were told no, 99% of the time it was you know that 1% where you got yes where you got the job which was great but if not you were back to the drawing board mm. or is it was what was wrong with me why didn't I get that job is it and you you had to train yourself to be like in your head I'm not right for the role mm. and that was how we kind of got away with you know not feeling awful about ourselves <laughs> every day but you weren't right for the role kind of helped us through those moments but when you come to this and, you know, I got a big shock when I started YouTube mm. because I just finished Made in Chelsea, as we were speaking about, and I didn't want to be this prim and proper blonde girl standing next to a car because I knew that I could do more than, you know, pose in front of a yeah. a car. And yes, I had a modeling career and that was kind of what you do, but I wanted to be more than that. And so I dulled it down a lot to be, I was in like hoodies, mm. very relaxed, trying to be myself on camera. But then, then you come back with feedback, and you realize you're not playing a role anymore. Mm. You, you're, you're like, this is you. This, this is, is yourself. You. Yeah. yeah. And then that hits hard. Then you're like, wow. I thought my job was really hard before. 
this is this is worse. People mm. are actually looking at you for who you are, and you're trying to be yourself, but you're also trying to be knowledgeable or you know professional. It's yeah, tough. I mean, I'd I'd like to explore that transition from being that on stage performer to mm. the telework. You know, and again, made in Chelsea is I think everyone kind of has figured out now. There's it's kind of like it's scripted reality to a certain extent, isn't it? Like you, you are who you are. It's produced yeah. very well and edited even, even better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think people, although it's, you know, it, it's you and it's your name and you are the human being that people are watching on their television, people kind of expect, yeah, okay, the storyline has been ed- edited in a particular way and it's been produced in a particular way. So ultimately you're kind of given a bit of grace of, well, yeah, but she's probably not like that in real life or you. But people don't think that. Well, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, and, you know, it's taken me a long time to look back at it and be like, I get it now. I mm. get that it's, they have this, I mean, this is not how it is, by the way, but the cast in mm-hmm. kind of in the show. And it's almost like they're filling, every time somebody kind of leaves the show, they want to fill that certain role. So mm. they kind of, you know, manage you around that kind of character and, you are a character in their storyline in yeah. a way. Yeah. You're not really, you, I mean, you're you, in fr- you're trying to be yourself anyway. It's a very strange, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. strange scenario, but they will edit it. And, you know, you have a producer in your ear all the time being mm. like, how does it make you feel? Or doesn't it make you feel like this? Or shouldn't you, you know, and I, I remember in this, this last season, I used to laugh all the time because I knew when the producer was coming in mm. and she'd try and come say something and I'd be like, don't even try. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Or, you know, and she'd laugh. She'd be like, I tried, you know, and okay. they can, they can try. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, um, that is interesting. But yes, they do. I mean, I they have to, right? It's a it's a TV of show. Course, it's an entertainment it's show. It's an entertainment yeah. show. They need, a, they need to make sure that everything's kind of within that episode mm. and it's all the juicy, gossipy stuff. So it's all like highlights of the conversation. So it's not a full conversation that you're having. So No, of course. Yeah, but so people do forget that it's not technically how it, how it is. Really. Yeah, it's not real life, guys. Anyway. So yeah, let's go back to that transition then. So yes. you've, you've done your time with Made in Chelsea and at this point you think, right, Let's give this new medium, this YouTubing angle. And as you say, I'm quite interested to explore as well the the fact that there weren't many girls doing it at the time. It was quite mm. a male-dominated industry. And in fact, you know, thinking back on memory, I can remember talking to Tim whilst I was still working at Gumball. So at this point, we're talking 2013, 14, 15. And even Tim doing what he was doing as Shmi 150 in its early stage, he was one of maybe five yeah. guys that were out doing this job. And if we could call it a job, because when I first heard of it, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, to put, it, to, put it in, yeah, to put it in perspective, when I met Tim, I didn't really even know what YouTube was. Like, yeah. that's what we're talking about. That's how new this whole exactly. kind of scene is. Exactly. Yeah. So you, what was it that kind of prompted you to pick up a camera and start filming yourself? And why were cars the interest point? So just rewinding probably about a year back from that, I... I actually moved here with Greece, the musical. Ah. So I was in Greece, the musical, the West End. So we toured the world. It was <laughs> amazing. It was amazing. Um, so I did that after the cruise ships, and that's what brought me here. And naturally, I had a, a British passport because my parents were British. Mm-hmm. And I kind of pursued that career for a while. It was very difficult. Um, and be- even though I was British mm. or I had a British passport, I didn't study here. And in those times, they definitely ushered people through 
the drama school roots. So if they okay. came from a drama school, then it kind of would. And so I, my odds were always against me, really. Mm. So I used to get down to the last two and then just kind of never get the job. And it was so disheartening. I was like, you know, auditioning for months for some of those jobs mm. and also trying to live in London. Like, So I was doing every promotion job you can I mean I was standing on the forecourt of petrol stations handing out flyers like oh, wow. I dressed as a Teletubby like, <laughs> if social Did media you? was around back then I would be destroyed <laughs> now you said that Instagram is your CV how far do we have to scroll back no, to exactly. see Emma as a goodness, Teletubby <laughs> thank goodness Instagram wasn't around when all of this was taking place but it was it was survival mode it yeah. was whatever you can do to make sure that I could be available during the day for an audition mm. um, so it was really tough uh, and Eventually, I kind of was like, okay, well, I might give up the dancing, but carry on the singing. Mm. And then I went into PTing, so I got my personal training. And then I had this opportunity to be in this girl band. And it was like, for me, a dream come true. Mm -hmm. And it was with the X Factor. And, you know, we all got put together for this you know, it's like they, they get a girl band, you're super, super dorky, and then you all of a sudden there's this big, <laughs> yeah. wow. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the change. Um, so it was basically that kind of thing. And it it fell, or it just went so wrong. And um, I don't know how much I'm supposed to say about that, but it was a long time ago. But mm. there was all those allegations about Simon putting together groups for the show, which right. is a very smart idea. Like, obviously, you know, you get, you gain the audience, you yeah, gain the course. traction. Uh, but that's exactly what he was doing, and that's what he was doing with us. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just a bad year to be involved in that storyline, and um, he panicked. Mm -hmm. So he dropped everyone that he kind of put together. And I, I know it was as oh, an so it was actually a reaction of the, the media coverage yeah. that made him go, okay, then in that case, let's can it. He can he canned it for that year. He canned, wow. and we were. I remember it was was it the Saturdays? It was. A, big girl band that was breaking up uh -huh. so we were going to go on tour with them right. as their support act to you know kind of gain that audience and then we were also going to come through the ranks of of x factor and mm. be kind of introduced in that way so our lives were going to change we had contracts we had therapist wow. appointments we had you know are you ready for this kind of lifestyle uh, we had choreographers, management. I mean, it was huge. And what sort of time time span was that then? From the from getting that call to be put together as a group, super quick. Okay, it, it was within months. We were. I auditioned. They needed uh, one more girl for the group. I auditioned, and we were in rehearsals all the time, mm -hmm. um, getting ready. You know, getting prepped for the for the TV show. So, wow. Um, yeah. And it, then, so from the time of that first audition to yeah. it, to. I don't know, would it have been a phone call or a meeting where it's, where somebody came forward and said, look, really sorry, but actually... No, we, we no. were filming. Right. We were actually filming. And Simon, all of a sudden, I mean, bear in mind, he'd okayed all the, the song, that everything was going through yeah. the management. Uh, so yeah, he, in the middle of the audition, was like, stop, I can't hear anymore. And we were like, oh. what? And like all the camera crew were like, what's going on? It's so weird. And to me, it was pretty obvious what was happening. And I, I said to the girls before we went, I was a little bit older than everyone. Um, seems to be a running theme here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I said, listen, no matter what, it's still almost a reality TV show pretty sure. much. Whatever happens, just don't say anything. Because mm. if the cameras are on or off, our microphones are on. Mm -hmm. And whatever we say, they can use in these things. So we just stood there taking this from, I think it was Cheryl Cole at the time. And, wow. and we were like, what is going on? It was 
humiliating for a start yeah, and course. just heartbreaking. It was the worst, probably the worst moment in my entire career. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we had to walk away from that and that didn't work out. So you won't find any footage of that mm. um, anywhere on the internet. I mean, lawyers were involved and it was a whole, wow. it was awful. So after that happened, I was devastated yeah. and really like not keen on kind of pursuing that career anymore. So, so for you, was that you kind of drew a line in the singing act there? Because I was, guess growing I would, yeah. up with your parents being as big as they were, yes, it was. It's almost like it's yeah, it's written in the stars. Chances are, if you enjoy the performance side of childhood and yeah. drama school and a bit of singing, you're probably going to end up being a singer. Yeah, and I guess that had always been there, and then suddenly this event happened, and was it just like? Just switch it off, make you it know, all go I'm, away. I'm still sore about it. Yeah, well, um, no, honestly, it was the it was it was heartbreaking. It was the I I remember being the happiest I'd ever been, mm. just being involved in something with other girls rehearsing and you know and and we were lucky because our lives technically were going to change and it was going to be huge for us. Mm. So yeah, it was really heartbreaking and I found it very difficult to get back into it. I think I was. I didn't know where to go from there. I think my uncle phoned me. They were doing a, a song for one of the World Cups. I think it was in Brazil a long time ago. They'd written like the super cheesy song. <laughs> <laughs> and it was supposed to be like a, a we will rock you, like, okay. you know, so the audience can get involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he, and he phoned me. He's like, I've got the song. Can you just record it for so I can send it off? And I was like, this song is so not me. Like, it's super yeah. cheesy. And he's like, please, you know, I'll, I'll, we can do a music video for you and we'll make it really cool. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So we did do it. And I, you know, it was nice to be back, but it wasn't mm. really the, the kind of route that I was going for. But we filmed this awesome music video and I took them all to Cape Town and I pulled every favor <laughs> from every person <laughs> I'd ever known in Cape Town yeah. we had speedboats we had McLarens driving around the mountains <laughs> like it was super cool and I think when I did that I was like okay okay I don't know where to go from here I feel right. like that was really cool I did that and nothing kind of presented itself at the time then I went on to Made in Chelsea that was a disaster. Mm. Then I went to Monaco. And I, and I, when I say I was broken, almost homeless, it, it really was at that stage. What took you to Monaco? Why were you there? Somebody called me saying, a friend of mine has this events company. He is, has a yacht in Monaco and he's looking for somebody to help uh, with the VIP guests right. and to help with the event. And I know that you have event because I had my event company course, and experience. Yeah. And he's like, and I know you love F1. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, how much are they paying? Because I was literally like, I was broke. Yeah. I had nothing. And I, I wasn't, I was staying with somebody else at this this stage, I think. And they said, no, that there's no fee. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, but you, you know, typical, you get an amazing experience. Yes, you're in Monaco, <laughs> the best place in the world where but you've got no money. Fair, <laughs> to be fair, I was like, well, that's crazy. They have yeah. to pay. But, you know, in a child, me, Emma, who'd never seen a Formula One race in my life, okay. who'd watched it from a kid who all, all I wanted to do was to kind of get on track, was like, fine, I'll do it. And it was the worst job of my life, but also <laughs> life-changing. Yeah. It was the one thing that happened to me that changed my my career path within a weekend. Okay. And, I mean, we worked our butts off. We worked 20 hours a day. It was mm. exhausting. We had to walk back to our really horrible, like, Airbnb in the mountains. It yep. took, like, an yep. hour to get home at 2 in the morning. But I met 
all the drivers I met. And I was, I got there and I said, right, Emma, you can get, get through this or you can really make the most of it. Mm-hmm. And I just introduced myself to everyone. Obviously, I knew a lot about Formula One, so I was talking to everyone. And I just made a lot of very good connections to what now in, in this day have, have been very helpful. But Shmi, Tim was one of them, him Fantastic. and Mark. And that's where I met him. So strange, strange, <laughs> random <It's>, um, <laughs> events all coming together. Yeah. I mean, it's the uh, people say, like, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways, doesn't mm. it? But, uh, and it, you know, you could be massively spiritual about it or you could be kind of like, it's just chance and these things happen. But, but you take yeah. those chances as well. Like physically exactly. you have to go. Yeah. I mean, I could have gone in there and been like, oh, worst job of my life. Oh, mm-hmm. where was me? And just kind of got through it. But I was like, what can I do to make this the best experience yeah. that I can have? And who can I talk to to make sure that I'm not working for someone for free next year, that maybe I'm mm-hmm. doing something else um, and getting paid or working in whatever you know scenario. But Tim and, Tim and I, actually Mark kept in contact with me because there was this event coming up and he said, you know, you could finally get yourself into a car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this will be amazing. Oh my God, in a race car, that'd be so cool. And I also met this guy who happened to have a race car at Silverstone mm-hmm. and he lived in Monaco. And he's he said, this car sits there. It doesn't, nobody drives it. <laughs> Do you want to drive it? And I was like, what's the scenario here? Yeah, like, is this dodgy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, no, no, for real. He's like, I have a driving instructor there. If you want, I can get it set up for you and you can go and, and drive this car around the track. And I was like what this is like the best thing I've ever heard of um and he he stuck to his word he sorted it out and it was from I think it was from that that Made in Chelsea came about okay somebody saw me doing something on socials and oh I was I was friends with Binky and Ollie at the time and Ah. they'd then seen my social media and they said oh we'd love you to come and do this track driving on on the show and and all that kind of stuff so that's where that's where that came about but that was you know, I met Tim and this this car event came up and then it, it was, I couldn't go to the car event because I was now homeless. <laughs> it wow. was, a, and I was like, I, I can't go to this event. I have to find a new home. And Mark was like, I'll call you back. And he said, look, Tim's away and he's offered his ex room, n- nothing weird, but if you wanted, it's there. And I, I was like, I don't have another choice. Wow. Um, so when I say Tim <laughs> saved me, he yeah. really did. And he was super kind. And, and that was the start of, me being involved in that world, but the the people who saw me on Made in Chelsea phoned and said, would you like to do your racing license? Um, wow. And then Tim at the same time was like, oh, I, actually, I'm doing my racing license. Why don't we sort it out for the same day? Same day as Seb <laughs> Delaney. Of course. Who I met through, through Tim as well. He was staying with Tim as well. And that was how Tim was like, you should just, you should probably film this event because mm-hmm. it's quite, quite cool. And I was like, I don't know how to film. Like, I don't know what to do with this and yeah. and whatever. So he was like, oh, here's here's a camera. It's like an old camera of mine. Like Tim was never, he would never put me on his channel or tag mm-hmm. me. He was never helpful in, in that way, but he was very helpful behind the scenes. Like if yeah. you wanted any advice, yeah. he was, you know, here's my camera. So I filmed it that day. And I remember going to Paris that weekend thinking, oh, cool. I filmed the video. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I need to edit this video. Yeah, what do I do with it now? And I, and I have to, I don't even know how to start a YouTube channel. Like it was all so out of my comfort yeah. zone. Um, and, you know, Patrick at the time was there. Archie yeah, was course. around. Archie actually edited my first 
video. Um, so that's Archie Hamilton. Archie Hamilton, Archie yes. Hamilton Racing, yeah. Archie Hamilton Racing. He actually and Patrick helped me start up my my YouTube channel with with Mark and and Tim. So. I mean, such a random, Yeah, it's so random, but it, it just all kind of merged. And that's when I was like, okay, well, maybe I can do this for fun. Mm -hmm. Never thinking that it would, I, I never went into it being like, oh, this is now going to be my career. Um, I that's went into, interesting. Yeah. I went into it being like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like I get to now learn how to drive yeah. really cool cars. Did you see at the time, at its infancy, I guess, again, I'm trying to think back to the kind of level of, um, success that Tim was having. I mean, at, at this point, he's driving McLaren, so I think, uh, yeah, he's mm -hmm. he's doing okay. But yeah. did you think at that time, were you thinking about that longevity, thinking, you know, perhaps if I keep at this for five or six years, or maybe less, I might get to the point where I can start buying cool cars. Did you see it as a potential way to earn money? Or for you, was it just, this is something that I can put my creativity and my energy into now yeah. that might lead to something? No, not at all. Yeah. I looked at it and I was like, this guy works so hard. Yeah. I was like, this is this is hard work. This is a job. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the knowledge of cars. Like, you know, Tim is a mm -hmm. walking dictionary. Yep. He knows everything. And I just watch him do and I was like, I could never do this. Like I know how to learn a script. Mm -hmm. I can do presenting for sure. And I love racing, but I'm in my mind, I, there was no ways I was ever going to be able to afford a car like that. I mean, I still can't, <laughs> can't afford a McLaren, but, but you know, there's no ways in Neither my mind I. <laughs> yeah. that I was going to be, you know, having a garage full of supercars or yeah. making a job. I didn't think this was going to be my career. I was just so happy that I had a, <laughs> had a home for a start. Yeah, yeah. And I was just so happy that I was in and around, you know, that's when I met you like, mm. a couple of months later. I was just in and around this world that was so foreign to me, but I, it felt like home, it was a really weird yeah. transition that I didn't do on purpose. No. <laughs> if that makes sense. It does. I think I think it does. And I think a lot of people listening will be able to relate to that. And I think especially with the you know, the story of ultimately the, the this chapter that you're still very much in, and of course it's expanded and we'll get onto that with various other things that you do, but you're still in and around the world of content creation with YouTube, with cars. But all of this has come from a time where things were really bleak. And this is a, it's a common theme. I, you know, I, I think of it, I, I've been through similar things myself, but you look at the big career changes, the big changes in life often stem from the really miserable times, the times where you're like, I have to try something else. I have to do something else. Yeah. And for a lot of people, you know, thinking to the past few years, the pandemic has done that for a lot of people, the, you know, the amount of people that decided to change jobs, move house, end relationships, form new relationships through the pandemic because they just went, it was like this wake-up call moment. And mm. for the vast majority of people, that period of time was the wake-up call of like, hey, life is unpredictable and yeah. things can change. So therefore, if you need to go and change something, change it now. I feel like I've been doing that since I was 18. But that's fine. Because <laughs> yeah, I think, exactly. yeah. Everything's great and then everything's really not great. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and that is also being a freelancer. and Completely. Yeah. Completely. But I just think, yeah, I mean, it's credit to you that you've, you've made it work, you're continuing to make it work. And I've no doubt that you know, the future is going to get bigger and brighter. But the reason I'm kind of making a big point of it and emphasizing it is because I, I think, again, there'll be a lot of people listening who perhaps might be at that point now where they're like, do you know what? Life isn't quite going the way that I thought it would be going yeah. by now. And this is a really common thing. And I think it happens when you're 20, when you're 25, when you're 30, when you're 35, when you're 40. You, yeah, it everyone, will, it's going to keep happening yeah. throughout your life. Just yeah. yeah, You'll get to a point where you're like, yeah. hang on, this isn't what I wanted it to be. It's not mm. how I wanted it to pan out. 
But it's what you do at that time. It's what you do with your energy, your creativity, your focus at that point that defines the next big chapter. Because you either go out like you did and go, right, I just need to try something mm. and do it and put all my energy into it and it works. Or you sit there and go, oh, I'll just go and work at a hotel or something. Yeah. You know, I'll just, I'll do a, a job that, you know, something comfortable for a year or so and then I'll figure it out. And then you realize you've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. I have, I just have that thing in me that I, I, I can't do that. I can't yeah. get comfortable. I can't, mm. for me, and I've done office jobs. I, like I yeah. said, I've done every job you can imagine. I've sat in office. I've done, you know, sales over the phone. I've done, I've done everything mm. you can possibly imagine to get through my career as a dancer, as a freelancer. Of course, yeah. um, but it just wasn't for me. And I, I can't get to that point where I give up. Mm. So I do just keep going. Yeah. Um, it's sink or swim, isn't it? It's, it's and it's survival mode as well. You just mm. I want to do better, and now more than ever, it's it gets harder and harder with. And social media is great, obviously, because it's helped us to get to where we are today. But yeah. it's constantly evolving. It's constantly getting bigger. There's constantly new people coming in. Mm. There's new things to do. And I am almost forty now, and I'm you know I started with the YouTube stuff, and for me, eventually that wasn't feeling right anymore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Um, for me, it didn't feel honest because the car industry wasn't what I grew up with. So mm. technically, I, I didn't know enough about cars to just be able to talk freely about it. Mm. And I'm really used to learning scripts. And my brain works so fast as well. I'll, I'll go on a car launch. I'll learn everything I need to know. And I'm obsessed and I'm there and I'm happy and I'm creating content. But the next week, I've forgotten everything. Mm. Like, I'm already on to the next project. And, you know... I. Obviously, I pick up stuff that I like, but I'm not, I wasn't good with the technical stuff. Mm. I wasn't good at comparing that car 10 years ago to this car. Yeah, yeah. I just, it didn't feel right to me. No. So I gave YouTube a break and I kind of focused a lot more on Instagram. And now I have to do TikTok to keep, to keep <laughs> up with everyone. Um, but I, I focused a lot on presenting and I wanted to do more work. And, you know, working in YouTube, you don't, you don't actually get paid to go on these, these no. car launches. So no. I remember the first job I ever got, I was sitting in a Tim's apartment being like, what am I going to do? I've, you know, yes, that's quite cool. I've done this video and, and this seems like a hobby to me, mm. but what am I going to do for work? Yeah. And I remember getting an email from, I think it was Alfa Romeo actually inviting me to a car launch with this budget at the bottom of this email saying, we can pay you if you do such and such, and I was like, pardon? <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I was like, what? Sorry, I was th- like, this figure at the bottom, do I, I like, pay this to you or do yes. you pay this to me? I was like, sorry. And like, <laughs> I didn't have management. I, you know, I was managing myself and yeah. I was like, oh, wow. And it was, it was my first big job. And I, I went with Sam, seen through glass. Of course. And we had the best time. I even drove, it was, I know it was in, um, with the Juliet Balconiers in, um, Where's that in Italy with a whole oh, Romeo and Juliet? Uh, Verona. <laughs> in Verona. Yeah. And I remember being like 20 minutes away from it. And <laughs> I was, we had a night off and I was like, Sam, we're going to the Juliet balcony. He's like, no, we're not. <laughs> he hated it. He's like, I can't believe you're making me come here. I was like, okay, fill me walking through. Fill me walking through. <laughs> fill me touching the statue. And it was so funny. But I, on that job, I was like, oh, wow. Like mm. maybe this could be a thing. Um, so I kept at it, but yeah, early recently I kind of stopped the YouTube. Um, and also there was a lot of trolling on YouTube. People are really nasty. Yes, that was the, yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to, to yeah. ask about. Cause I feel like I don't, 
I don't know if the world's got any better or any worse or, you know, it's right here, right now, as we record this in February 2023, there's this huge ongoing news story and, you know, highlights about being nice to people. Mm. Um, Certain characters, we don't have to mention names, but certain characters who are currently in prison um, with claims of misogyny and sexism and that sort of stuff, which is kind of making real, real big headlines. Um, In your experience from kind of getting started in that world, how soon was it until you started to see the kind of comments that people are now still really trying to campaign and stand Straight away, if I'm honest. Um, Do you think that's because you're a girl? Yeah, I am a blonde girl Mm. in now standing next to a supercar because, you know, in your thumbnails, it's you and the car. Um, Which I didn't mind too much, but I was really set on trying to make it that I wasn't just somebody who would just be standing that actually could drive that I I knew enough about cars and this was kind of but also I was I was brand new to this industry I was also navigating my way I had no idea what I was doing yeah if I'm honest and I was reaching out to brands Ferrari and McLaren were really really good to me in my early stages they kind of saw this evolving you know women more in in this industry and Mm -hmm. they were like you know, have this car. Like we've seen you do your race license. We trust you, and and it was a big deal for me to be handed over a Ferrari like, and a McLaren. And and I was like, sorry, what? You're gonna give this car to me for a week, and I give me the key, and I can just go off. And they were like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, this is crazy. Like this is dream dreams come true kind and of stuff. I guess stuff. this is because from their point of view, again thinking back to the time span, you're one of the first girls to be doing this. Yeah. You've clearly got the ability to present and show yourself. And, you know, there's, I'm not going to be mean and point out individual channels, but there are a lot of people that pick up a camera and think, oh, that's easy. I'll just film myself with a car and realize very quickly, it's not actually that easy. It's, yeah. a, it's a skill. You know, being engaging when talking to a camera in the same way as being engaging when talking to a microphone. Yeah. It comes with a, a certain element, a required element of natural talent. And I'm not certainly not saying I'm the best in the world at it, but, you know, we could all sit here and talk monotone and it would sound really interesting. And then I could ask you yeah. the next question and it'd be rubbish. It's really you hard. Know. Yeah. It is so, actually really hard. So I think for brands like that, suddenly there's, a new face in this mm. new age, ever developing world of media, uh, being YouTube and content creation. You're a girl. Mm-hmm. That's helpful because again, that's something new. Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah, perhaps there was an element of the timing was kind of perfect as yeah. well in getting those opportunities. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
I was, I mean, that was probably the first time in my life that I was in a situation where I was kind of in the right place at the right time mm. in terms of, of being a girl. But, you know, I, I mean, I look back at my content now, it is awful. And I had no idea what I was doing. And mm. I was like asking random people to help me film. And, you know, <laughs> the, it's different to, and you know what it's like when there's a camera in front of you and you're presenting to the camera. Um, it's such a different environment when you have the camera in your hand and you've turned it around I mean this was the beginning of the the selfies the yep. that kind of stuff and now you're st I've got this McLaren in front of me I've got this camera that Tim's lent me and I'm just like <laughs> I have no idea what to say like I don't have a script I don't know so I started you know compiling scripts myself finding out the information and and I I felt I felt out of place at, I mean I was the only girl at every single car launch mm -hmm. I felt very out of place I didn't know what I was doing. I knew what I kind of wanted to do. But, you know, you get there and everyone knows everything about the car already. And I just yeah. got there and we're having the briefing. So in my, I listen to the briefing and then I take notes and then I go back to my room and I write a script mm -hmm. or I, I get a feel for how the video is going to play out because you don't know where you are, the scenery, the, you know, the lighting, you know what it's like, the mm. everything, the setup of everything where you had all these journalists kind of get there and they already knew about the car for a start and then they'd really just enjoy the experience because they would write about it afterwards. Of course. Where I'm there running around trying to set up GoPros. Trying to remember everything as The well. batteries, yeah. are they charged? Trying to, and yeah. it was so, I was flustered. Or I found it so stressful. Mm. And you'd get back from these, I mean, we, we went to these incredible experiences, not paid, but mm -hmm. at the beginning I was like, I, this, is, this is amazing, like I don't care. Whereas all the journalists and all the other people were getting paid because yeah. they were writing for, you know, different publications. And of course. so you're there like pulling your hair out, trying to make sure you get a good video. And did you capture it right? Because if you, if, you know, if you don't get it, you can't go back. And yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. We've all got there. It got yeah. home from a thinking you've got the perfect you're shoot like, and that oh, one GoPro you'd set up wasn't recording. Yeah, you, and just you're you time lapsed like, oh yourself instead of recording. Oh, God, like, yeah. oh, brilliant. Great. Well, the microphone wasn't. And yeah. I just, I found it really stressful doing yeah. all of it by myself. Because I didn't know mm. what I was doing, I was still learning everything. Yeah, I found it really stressful. I was, I felt very lucky, um, and it definitely started my career. But yeah, I think people were pointing out things that were already an insecurity to me. Gotcha. So I, I definitely felt it probably a little bit more. And now, now, I mean, I, I don't even pay attention to that kind of stuff. Every mm -hmm. now and then, you're like, oh, if you're having a bad day and someone says something that touches on a sensitive topic, you're like, oh, but. I tried not to let it bother me too much. And and the guys were really good with me. Mm. Sam and, and Tim and everybody were really good being like, listen, don't worry, just keep going, just keep going. Mm. So I did keep going, but eventually I I kind of gave up the YouTube side. I felt, I felt like the long videos were not as popular anymore. And mm. I wasn't in contact with enough cars to be making that much content. Sure. And again, you weren't getting paid. So I was trying to survive yeah. by getting work to, to kind of live in London I didn't have the capacity to also then run the YouTube channel so yeah I kind of put that on pause mm. I would like to bring it back at some point there's there's a good there is a good audience there um but yeah I've been focusing on the the presenting at the yeah moment. do you still get the occasional like comments and things on let's say like Instagram feeds going yeah when, when are you coming back with the YouTube videos all People, the time yeah that must be quite nice. It is nice. And I feel bad because, and then I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. And then I like, I make a video and then live, there's no video. And you know what it's like. You mm. have to be consistent on, on YouTube and the audience is kind of waiting for a video every week. And 
yeah. then you're like, you know, I don't know. I travel a lot, so I don't know that every Sunday I can make exactly. sure there's a video out or I mean but, these all are terrible excuses that well, I keep telling myself you every say day that, you say that but I think it's it's really important and again for anyone listening who is perhaps considering the YouTube angle as a a career point or perhaps that's an avenue where I can make money even if it's just on the side I think until you get at it it's very hard to try and put across just how difficult it is mm. and I mean in every sense of the word if you want to go on YouTube and um, search for a YouTube channel that gave up, then put my name into YouTube because I did it. I oh, did you? Yeah, I did. And I maybe made, I don't know, seven or eight videos. And I think whatever it, whatever my last video was, at the point that I was sat at home having made a load of content, done a load of filming, and I'm sat with Premiere Pro open on my laptop and I'm looking at footage of my own face and going, Oh, it's hard. I, I just can't do this. And for me, I just gave up. And I thought, no, those videos are still there. You know, if anyone's feeling I'm, intrigued, I'm going to go <laughs> after this. There are there are some there are a small handful. Some of them yeah. got a lot of views, but I it's full time. It's a lot of work. It's a complete utter full time yeah. job. If you want to earn money from it, my goodness me, you have to you have to understand an algorithm that YouTube themselves don't understand. Nobody, and it's got so complicated at the moment. Yeah. And unless you have a backlog of videos and yeah. you are constantly uploading twice, maybe three times a week, mm-hmm. you. Uh, you gotta, it's not going to do well. Mm. And when you need to survive and make money elsewhere, it's very difficult to keep everything juggling. And I, I just found it way too overwhelming. Um, and I, I, I felt bad because I wasn't being consistent and I wasn't giving the audience what they wanted. Mm. And I would have to go out and find, obviously you do, you go find, I mean, that's part of the job, you go find the cars. But I was trying to get everything else off the ground mm-hmm. and I just found it, yeah, just too overwhelming to, to get everything sorted for, for YouTube every single week. So I kind of do the longer form stuff on Instagram. And t- I mean, I find that Instagram in itself is yeah. a full-time job. Now I have to do TikTok and I'm just trying to keep up with the young people, you know, John. <laughs> the young whippersnappers. The young whippersnappers Coming who on have and making all it look the so time. Easy. They yeah. still live at home. They have all the time yeah. in the world to make content. And, oh, man. Here's me just trying to survive. <laughs> <laughs> trying to stay afloat. Trying to eat. <laughs> yeah. um, you mentioned your your love or your kind of early passion for F1. Where did that come from? Do you know, that was my dad. Mm-hmm. So he, I was the only person in the house that would watch it with him. Oh. And I don't know where it came from. I mean, this is obviously not, doesn't go in the family at all. Mm-hmm. It was singing and, you know, I was the first person to bring dancing into the family. So it was always singing before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my dad's a big sport fan. He loves football and, and, and F1 were, and tennis were his things. But I always used to go in when the F1 was, the sound of the car, it was like mm. it drew me into the room. I don't know what it was, but I was like, whoa, this is the coolest sport I've ever seen in my life. And I always had this kind of love for cars and growing up, I went to Joburg. I lived in Joburg for a long time. There's always flashy cars around mm-hmm. there. And, you know, the guy's being like, do you want to go for a spin? And I was like, no, I want the keys to the car <laughs> and I want to drive it myself. <laughs> so that was kind of how I always was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my dad, it was my dad for sure, watching F1. And I just, I was like, how can I get in that world? How can I learn how to drive a car on track? Mm. And yeah, it was always something that, I was interested in doing, and then, you know, all the, the kids' parties we had. I mean, I, I'm from Somerset West in Cape Town. It was a no man's land when I was a kid. It was 
you know, now it's it's beautiful and it's all built up and stuff, but it really was small. There was nothing really going on. There wasn't a mall. It was, wow. you know, there was nothing, but there was a go-karting track. Ah. And the kids' parties used to be either, all the boys' parties anyway, used to be the go-karting track. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, and I got in and I kept winning. And I was really good as a kid. And I was like, I'm going to be a racing driver one day. And my dad's <laughs> like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> we live in the sticks and, you know, there's nothing kind of going on. Mm. And I was a girl. It just wasn't. No. Even if I wanted to try pursue it at that point, you know, the money was ridiculous. But also I, I was a girl. So mm. even at the karting track, I'd, you know, take my helmet off and the, the managers at the at the karting place would be like, oh, wow. I, gotcha. girls kind of just beat the boys yeah so yeah I don't yeah it just was always in me I took the route of performing because mm-hmm. that's kind of how it ended up but somehow it's come back around to it's this come back to cars yeah. yeah so other than watching F1 and, and maybe the casting is the answer to this but do you remember are there any other like really um far back memories where you can like pick out points where you perhaps there was a little sign there that cars might be involved in the future. Do you have like an early memory in or around cars that might have switched on a light bulb somewhere? You know, I asked my dad, this came up in, a, in, a, in an interview before, and I asked my dad, I said, where, you know, what, what did this come from? And he mm. said, oh, well, you know, I just kept putting you on the bonnets of a car, hoping one day you'll like them. And oh, he really? actually has a picture of me. I must have been two years old, um, sitting on the bonnet of a, I think it was a Jeep. <laughs> and my dad put me on the bonnet and took a picture of me on the car so I don't know if that was just kind of instilled in me as a kid that I had no idea about but yeah my dad kind of liked cars and with his job he was doing at the time they get you know company car every couple Mm. of six months or whatever so I I don't I think that must have been it (laughs) it must have been him (laughs) forcing me (laughs) to sit on the now smile for the camera It's uh, yeah, that's a common theme, isn't it? It's dad's fault. Yeah, it's definitely my dad's fault that I'm in and around this world. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think yeah, it's, it rings true. Not always though. You know, sometimes it's it's mums and and aunties yeah. and things. Um, it's strange though, because my dad. I mean, my dad's never been to a Formula One race. Um, right. You know, they were performing and touring forever, and then he's been in South Africa, so nothing's ever ever come around until next week when Formula yes. E goes to Cape Town. So yes, you were telling me about this. So you're and I kind of didn't believe you at first so you're off to Cape Town next week for mm-hmm. Formula E and you're taking your dad who's who we're blaming in this yes. as, as having your interest <laughs> in cars to his first ever motorsport event his first ever race what on earth is going on how has that happened I, do you know and this was it he was touring and then they moved to South Africa and he's he's been because they come to the, to the UK every couple of years and every time they come they come just before the Silverstone race and I'm ah. like dad Extend the triple, you know, yeah, yeah, he yeah. could never do it with work. So it's just never worked out that I've been able to get him to a race or even, you know, buy tickets to a race or whatever it is. And, you know, it's not Formula One, but it's it's Formula E and they're, mm. they're coming to, to Cape Town, which is huge for, for South Africa. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, what the last Formula One race was, I don't even know how long ago, but it was never in Cape Town. It was Joburg, no, I think. Yes, it or, was. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly tell you. My, my F1 knowledge isn't good enough, but it's it's decades, isn't it? Yeah, it's it was a long, long time. time ago. But, you know, Formula E is racing in and around the, the, the streets of, of Cape Town. So he is so excited to, um, to attend this race. So, yeah, I've got him a garage tour oh, and wow. some tickets, yeah, to watch the race. So. And are you over there in some professional capacity as well? I'm working with Maserati. Oh, I know. Oh, Fancy. That, that little Italian brand. You yeah. know, just the little Italian brand. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. But 
you know, again, like this is, this has been hard work. Like you've got to, you know, make friends with the brands, go to all the networking events and, Mm -hmm. you know, going back to the beginning of the career, it was, it was doing everything free. It was making sure I was everywhere Mm. and following up. So I think that's a big thing. If anybody's listening to this and you want to know some good pointers, I think relationships still are massive, right? Like Mm. forget emails. It's like being face to face, following up, catching up um you know i did it with everyone mm-hmm. i emailed and and that's also quite difficult being a girl mm. because you, you obviously you want to come across professional but you're then a girl asking a ceo male sure. to go for a catch-up lunch to make sure that they know what you're doing for the year and mm. so that was also quite difficult to navigate being a girl um but in terms of a lot of people ask me you know is it difficult being in a man's world and there's definitely been a few times that have, have been challenging, but I think for the most part, like you, everyone else, have been so supportive. Mm. Um, and a lot of people have given me some big, big opportunities in the in the area. So yeah, it's um, definitely, I would work on things like making sure your relationships with brands are yeah. are good and, and, and keep on at it every year. Mm. Yeah, and I think treasuring those, those good relationships or friendships that you build up. And it mm. might be, you know, I've, I've got really, really, really close friends in this industry now that I've met at press launches or um, events, you know, race events and stuff that perhaps otherwise I might have never have met, but it just, your paths cross at the right time and you end up helping people out. And another perfect example, actually, through the same network, I've got a lot to thank Tim Burton for, Shmi 150. He's getting a lot of credit he today. Is, I, hope he's, <laughs> I hope he's listening. Um, the uh, another like crucial friend that came along completely out of the blue, perhaps somebody I might never have met, was Joe Achilles as a oh, yeah, as a of point of um, yeah. again crossing paths. And it, again, it was another trip that Tim was putting together. He wanted a load of his cars to go on this amazing road trip. We ended up going down as far as uh, Montenegro and Slovakia and Croatia. This a great driving tour. Ended up coming back through Italy, and um, Joe just happened to be invited on this trip as well and joe and i again we shared a drive together and by you know within an hour or so of us driving together we were like laughing our heads off and having an amazing (laughs) time and i remember thinking you know this is somebody else that's going to be in my life for a long time and i think yeah these often especially in this modern world of tech and social Mm. media and a lot of engagement and interaction happens between screens or phones rather than face to face and occasionally you get the chance to have those face to face ones and you think oh this could be something good yeah absolutely hang on to do those it. because they're do it, so exactly. valuable and go to the event go to yeah. you know the amount and i'm actually quite i know this sounds weird but i'm actually quite an introvert <laughs> like I, don't, I think that's quite common in this yeah industry. i don't yeah. love or you know and after all these big weekends of of amazing events and stuff i'm like don't talk to me for two days i'm like yeah. come to my home i don't see anyone so i find it very difficult i really had to make sure that i was like right just go to the event because mm-hmm. you know from the past you always meet at least one person that's going to help you out. And it really has been that way. Yeah. Every event I've been to, there's been one person that's helped me along the way or introduced me to somebody. Um, so, yeah, that that is definitely one bit of advice I would say is just get out there. Mm. Get and out it's, there. It's interesting as well, isn't it? You You end up, even if the people that you perhaps meet once or twice and you kind of have a nice bit of interaction with and you think, oh, that's a nice person. And then as time goes on, you end up bumping into these people again because not necessarily because you're kind of egging each other on, but because you're both succeeding in certain 
parts of the industry. I remember we we had that moment. Yeah, we'd met through the, Tim's driving. Yeah. We then ended up doing some oh, we did that commercial. filming together the with adverts. Bentley. Yeah. That was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> Just so that, tell them about that because so that was so funny. The, this is the Bentley Bentega film. Yeah. yeah. So there's another Tim we need to shout out, uh, which is Tim Hutton. And if you are a regular listener to the Driven Jack podcast, you would have heard Tim feature in our Sounds of Goodwood episode. Uh, Tim came on as a co-host last September uh, to do that. But Tim has been another person who's been a really, really, really crucial person in my life and uh, has been a friend of mine from Gumball and um, in publishing and journalism and car launches and writing and stuff. Uh, But yeah, Tim, at the time, so again, we're going to go back to like 2016, 17, I guess this must have been late 2016. Your memory is so good. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, well, you say my memory's good. I'm sat here going, doing that weird squint at the ceiling. It was before the radio show, so it must have been 2016. Yes, it would have been. Um, Tim will be shouting at his uh, speaker now. He'll know, he'll know what date it was. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, Tim had a film commissioned with Bentley, and the story being, and you can go and watch this video right now. It's on YouTube. It's called Le Chesse, which is spelt um, in the French way, C-H-A-S-S-E. Um, but basically search Private Motor Club Bentega um, and you'll find it. You'll see it. Uh, Bas- the- I'm basically the most annoying person yeah. in the world in that video. And I, I didn't write the it. script, by the way. I, no. just, I just starred in it. You starred in it as the kind of, um, yeah, the, the, the female... What do we say? Love tease, I yes. guess, is one way of saying it. Yeah. I was the starring role as the main character of it, but you'd never see my face because it's all filmed POV. But and this is before, hilarious. This is before POV cameras were as simple <laughs> as put a GoPro in your mouth and film. I had a full-on camera rig attached to my face. I looked like Pingu. So myself, <laughs> Tim Hutton... Um, so Vince funny. Knight and Luke Wilson, Luke Wilson, who to this day still does video work with me on the Driven YouTube channel. Um, the four of us driving around Europe in this Bentayga, putting this film together, and which was, yeah, the, the premise of the film is I'm left love notes all over Europe. So it starts off in London, then it goes over to Reims in France, then it goes down to Monaco, then we go to I Milan. Sent you all over. All over the place. Looking for me. Yeah. Absolutely. What a what a tease. What a tease. Only to end up back in London again. <laughs> I was in London in the hotel room the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> Being like, what have you been doing, silly? Yeah, yeah. I've been here the whole time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we did that film, um, which, yeah, was quite a funny thing. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put the link to it in the bio below yeah, so you funny. can go and find it. Um, and then, yeah, one day I walk into a radio studio where I've been doing bits and pieces on and off with this radio show. And on talk radio, and you're sat in the studio. I'm like, oh, hey. Um, Hello, it's, friend. It's you. <laughs> it's me. Um, so, yeah, that was another little chapter of ours that we shared for a bit yeah. um, in, in the w- weird world of radio. Again, we earned no money doing it. We earned no money. We gave, a, gave up a lot of our time to do it. So much time. But there you go. You know, that's, um, I'd like to say, it's, it's what you've got to do sometimes, but try to keep it to a minimum. Ideally you know? not. Yeah, yeah, ideally not. Yeah. I mean, and also, people do try definitely try to get that out of you mm. i mean there's definitely times where people can pay and then you know when there's times when they can't so yeah 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 ideally keep that to just for the record i'm not paying you to i was gonna say am i getting paid <laughs> <laughs> think of the exposure Sorry, i didn't get my manager hang on a second <laughs> <laughs> the exposure oh yeah. my god think of the exposure is literally like my worst word it in should the dictionary. be um yeah i i mean i, I like the idea of I, yeah, thinking ahead, maybe another another twenty or thirty years, 
there being some sort of Netflix or whatever the equivalent of Netflix is in 20 or 30 years, a documentary that pieces together that early that early kind of chapter of automotive YouTube and automotive content creation in this new era of social media. Mm. Because there would be key characters, pe- the likes of Shmi150 and Seb Delaney and, and Hey, maybe Joey this Killians. should be our next project. Well, you know, let's start penning it. If there are any, first. any producers listening that might be, want to get involved. Wonderful. Because I think, you know, it's a, ultimately it was a, it's a time, it's, it's a, a collection of people, and it is, you and I both know, it's a small group mm. of people, really, in essence, mm. and everyone kind of knows everyone. But I think, you know, if you were to put the core group of people that made a big impact of it, yeah, it's probably 100 people, maybe less. It really is a small pool of people. Like, it's yeah. not a lot. And everyone, I think it would be a super interesting story. And yeah. especially now, what everyone's doing now, how it worked out, and because it's changed so much. And mm. I think a lot of the oh, we don't have budget, but it's a great exposure. Yeah. Obviously worked wonders. Yeah, <laughs> it worked, yeah. It worked a treat for me. I guess I got to do... <laughs> <laughs> Look at us now. <laughs> Look at us now. <laughs> I got to do all these amazing things. And, and yes, it, there, was a, there was a time when I got to a point when I was like, listen, mm. I love working with you guys and I've built a good relationship as a brand, but I cannot work no. for you for free anymore. I can't travel mm. and make all this content. Um, this is my full-time job. And I think at the time it was fine because I don't think they really knew where to slot you in. Mm. It, in the accountants department, they were just like, sorry, so what are they? Yeah. Where do they fit in? Yeah, like, it don't wasn't have a, a job. Down box for yeah, YouTube. yeah. They were like, oh, sorry, it's not on here. <laughs> we can't pay you. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah, Computer yeah. says no. And um, yeah, I feel like it, it definitely evolved where now now this is a job and people mm. see this as a job and they kind of respect it a lot more. And I, I know that I went on a lot of trips with, with journalists who, you know, I, I had a few occasions, I was the only girl, mm. where I'd come on and kind of get the, oh, here we go again, kind of yeah. blonde girl, you know, ticking the box as a girl here and whatever. And I remember a few of them coming to me afterwards and saying, we had no idea how hard this is. We had no idea how much work you guys put into this behind mm. the scenes. Like, we just didn't know. Yeah. And we're sorry. Like, That's really we're cool. sorry about saying all these horrible things. I was like, oh, what did she say? <laughs> 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 Tell me now to my face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's hard work. And I think now it's definitely more recognized as mm. a, obviously a, a job and a job that you work really hard on. Yeah. So I think, and I, I think that... The journalist's angle, because again, that's always been quite an interesting one. I've always been a bit of a pretend journalist. I've, I've written for you know, a good few magazines. You're very good with your words. Oh, well, you're very kind. So you can write my scripts and I can say <laughs> yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, well, let's have a conversation after this. We might be able to work on something there. Wonderful. But yes, the for me, I've always, um, I've always severely suffered with imposter syndrome of like, what on earth am I doing here? Oh, you know, every day in rooms full of yeah. Re, like actual proper motoring journalists who've been to university and studied journalism and they're amazing writers and people that you know are writers that I've been reading their work for years and going oh my god that's Steve Cropley or you know somebody huge yeah and um so yeah for me I've always felt like a bit of an imposter in this realm and I've been kind of fascinated by the journalists versus content creators battle which I feel has kind of evened out a little bit now mm. but there really was a time where I was going on launches 
as a freelance writer, but I was also dabbling a little bit in YouTube stuff. And people were like, oh, which one are you? Are you one of the good guys? Are you one of the journos like us? Or are you one of the bad guys and the YouTubers? There was, was like, a massive kind divide of, in the beginning, wasn't there? Neither. You're like, oh, I'm here and there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, here's some articles I've written in an actual magazine, but at the same time, this is a GoPro. Yeah. yeah there, was a, there was a bit of that. But I feel like that has evened out now. And I feel it's, it's evened out because a lot of the magazines and the publications that had proper, in inverted commas, journalists mm. writing articles saw that they needed to make videos as well. They were like, oh, right, okay. If we need to keep stay relevant, we need to be That's making videos. That's kind of how I feel with TikTok now. Like yeah. You just have to <laughs> yeah. keep evolving. And I'm angry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, really, I'm upset really... <laughs> about it. I hate them all. I get it. I get it. I'm angry. <laughs> but you just got to do it. But yeah, yeah. That, it was definitely, it was never the content creators being like, oh, these journalists. It was always the no. other way around. Yeah. Because it was new. Because right. it, it was evolving. And I get it. And, yeah. you know, but I... I really looked up to to anyone. I mm. can't write like like they do, and um, yeah, I definitely think it's evened out now a yeah. lot. But I think it's because a lot of the journalists, you know, their editors or or um, financiers or whoever, were saying, "Look, go out and make some video content." Mm. And suddenly, they went out to make the video content. And went, "Oh, ah, right, it, it, this is hard." This is really and you know, hard. I I've got a lot of old old school journalist friends who are fantastic writers, and they did the whole "let's have a go at being a presenter" thing. It doesn't work. Like it does again. Yeah. It's a skill. It's, it's in the hard. same way that writing is a skill. Yeah. it's a talent. I can't do that. Yeah. I'm quite happy to say that. Yeah, exactly. And that's but it. A lot yeah. of people are like, oh, whatever. You just pick up a. They're like, how hard is it? I used to get that all the time. How hard is it to to make a video once where you just pick up a camera and talk to it? Yeah. And then and I was like, is it though? Yeah. <laughs> is that just it? Have a go. Like <laughs> go like, and have go. a go. I'd that's say go start your channel. Let me know. Send me the link. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me know when you got a million subs. Yeah, I'll be one of them, and then I'll troll it. <laughs> no, I would no, never no, no, do no. such a thing. Um, but yeah, no, I think I, I think that that kind of chapter, that divide now, thankfully, is balanced out a bit, which yeah. I think is really good. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting to be a part of it, and I, you know, I remember having conversations with you. I think we ended up wandering around the Geneva Motor Show one time. We hadn't gone together. We did a coffee tasting. We did a coffee That's tasting in Ferrari. Did. I think I've got a selfie somewhere of us. They won the coffee tasting. Yes, we went around all the stands to see who, <laughs> who did had the, the best, best coffee. coffee. Yeah, let's just get free coffee at Geneva. <laughs> we were buzzing. Yeah, at the end of it. We were but wired. Ferrari did win the win the. Yeah, perhaps yeah. unsurprisingly. Yeah. yeah, and they yeah. had that really good parmesan as well, that like real parmesan that crumbled off the. You You're telling that? me I've got a good memory. You're now reeling off the best coffee. Yeah, and but the, now we're talking about food. The aperitifs <laughs> and the, the yeah. canapes. Can't forget um, that. Yeah, uh, but you know, I I remember we walking around Geneva together, and us. You know, there were times where we saw certain very high-profile motoring journalists um, who were kind of like glancing, almost scouring over over the top of other cars going, what are they doing here? You know, why are, they, why are they here on the press day? And we're like, we're just... Hello. We're like you. <laughs> Me we're, with my little camera being yeah. like... Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. To be honest. I was just walking around like... You were holding the camera because you're taller than me. Do you remember? Every time I held the <laughs> camera, I couldn't get you in the frame. <laughs> it's like John yeah. Holders. Yeah, yes. I've been your, uh, your um, camera support. You have. I wouldn't even say cameraman because it, it... Camera support. Camera support. Yeah. Tripod. On screen camera support. Did I feature in the videos? You were in the video. Of course you were. I haven't seen that video. I would never edit you out of my video. <laughs> Am I? Is that video online? I think so. Oh, wow. I need to go and find that. It will be one of the... I think I went with Ferrari that year, so it'll be... Ah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Gosh. It'd be long time ago. Black and white or something. It was so long <laughs> exactly. ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, isn't it fun? Right. You mentioned, um, you mentioned the management word. Hmm. 
And again, you said yeah, for such a long time you've been kind of going at it alone as, as an independent and trying your best to make it succeed and filling other bits and pieces. But it's now got to the point where you've actually got a management team. How's that changed both the kind of day-to-day jobs that come up and the... Because I guess there'd be some very good elements to it, but there's probably now an added element of pressure and yeah. accountability. I mean, you make it sound fancy. It's just one guy. <laughs> it's just don't, one guy. Don't, just one guy. don't muddy the illusion Sorry, of my media. Ma- my management Your management team. team. Let's, keep, <laughs> let's keep it cool. Let's keep it cool. Um, my management team. Yeah. I mean, I've had various managers over the years. Uh-huh. From what I've found, I think because I started this myself um, and because I've been with it from the beginning mm. and because it's such a new thing it is all my kind of contacts yeah. for sure so there comes a stage where you you need you do need help it's mm. a lot of contracts it's a lot of back and forth it's a lot of it's a lot of everything and mm. i am a control freak and i like to know what's going on mm. and also because they're all my contacts that i've and it's taken a long time and as you know a lot of work to to get to the stage mm. And I'm still learning. I'm still navigating my way into what fits me, I guess, as a career. But yeah, so I needed help. I needed somebody to be able to call. I think that was the biggest thing, mm. like bounce ideas off. Sure. I mean, as you know, I sit. You sit in your room most of the time filming, or mm. you're, like you're very. It's a, actually a very lonely it is. industry. It looks very cool mm-hmm. on social media. On social media, sorry. And you're all over the place, but you're traveling alone. Mm. You're often going to events where you don't know anyone, which is great because you meet a lot of people. But when you're a little bit introverted and yeah. you get a bit of social anxiety, that's yeah, quite yeah. that's quite daunting. So you are alone a lot. So it was nice to, well, it is nice to have my manager now who I can call and be like, is this a terrible idea? Mm. And most of the time I would film stuff and be like, this is awful. It's not going up. Whereas he'll be like, just post it. Just do that. It's just good to have that extra support. Yeah. It's very overwhelming when you've got seven different clients on the go, which is great. Mm. It's wonderful and super happy for the work. But yes, things fall through the, you know, the way and you want someone to kind of be on top of it with contracts, with deliverables, with, so it helps and it helps for kind of, I guess, good cop, bad cop where you're not the one having to talk about money all the time. Mm. Um, and I'm nice as well. I'm like, yeah, no, that's fine. I'll do that for you. Like yeah. you need something to be like, no, you can't do that. That's what people get paid for. That's so that's really helpful to have somebody who can, you know, I'll be like, oh, super nice. Thanks. You know, good to hear from you, which is is honest and true. Mm. And I'd love to work with the brand. I'm going to hand you over to my manager now to Perfect. talk the the business kind of stuff. And and he'll always keep me in the loop because I, I want, I want to work with them, so I want to make sure that we yeah. come to a good agreement. So it's good to have a manager. It's I'm a control freak, so <laughs> and he'll he'll agree. Um, so I am always wanting to know everything. He's like, mm. that's what I'm here for to not so you don't have yes. to stress about that. I'm like, I know, but I stress more when I don't know of course. what's going on. So yeah. I sound I'm crazy sure. now. <laughs> he'll be listening, like scratching his head, going, What am I doing? He's yeah. great. He's all he's also like very OCD got he's very organized so Great. that side of things is is very good I'll I'll phone him and be like what what was the address or what was the date because I once I've like I hyper focus on stuff so once I'm focused in on something I can't think about the next job coming up I'm yeah filming or I'm writing script or I'm editing and 
you know, he, I mean, he's messaging me all through the day. Like to find anything on our chat is a nightmare because mm. you have to scroll up forever. <laughs> but he's con it's something constantly coming through. And I, I physically have to say, don't message me for an hour. I'm, I'm editing yeah. out. So because stuff is coming through and I'm, I can't respond. So of course, yeah, I don't want to miss out on work. So it's really good to have, to have him supporting and helping and, and, you know, bringing other stuff in as well. So, yeah, I like the, um, I like the idea of having somebody that can go back to the emails that you don't want to reply to or have those kind of like yeah. difficult conversations. I'm sure it was, um, was it James Blunt that used to manage himself, but he'd invented his own, his own manager. Yeah. yeah. So he, it was him. <laughs> done that before. <laughs> It was him like, replying. Like, I just yeah. to my manager. Yeah. Uh, could, would James be interested yeah. in uh, singing at my daughter's wedding? And because he felt too guilty going back, going, mm, not really. He'd invent <laughs> this manager person. He'd go, oh, we've, I've consulted with James and unfortunately something yeah. else is in the diary. I love that sort of stuff. But you can yeah. as well because, I mean, yeah. I, I know a lot, of, a lot of management use your email and they tap into it so they can reply and they can see stuff so gotcha. I, and there's definitely a time when I've used my own email being like oh this is so and so image taking over the emails here but he my manager always knows when I um when I probably don't want to do something because I just forward it without saying anything <laughs> deal with this yeah I'm like here we go so he offer he goes I'm assuming that's a no but I'm just double checking and, yeah but yeah so um but yeah when I want to do something all right and then I'm like hey this is a below like get back to them that'd be really cool but if not, it's just a it's a straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. But Jake's great. So Perfect. no, it's it's really good to have the the help and the support as well. So we make a, a good team. Perfect. Hi Jake. Hi Jake. Thanks, Jake. Keep up the good work, Jake. <laughs> um so before we wrap things up, what's the kind of we're still kind of at the beginning of the year, aren't we? What's your what's your year looking like? Do you do you have a vision for how things are mapping out or are you still on that kind of riding that wave of let's just see what happens and yeah, I mean, it's always, I feel like I'm always in survival mode because mm. I don't know what's coming up ever. So I always start the year freaking out, <laughs> <laughs> being like, I have nothing in the diary. But I started off the year with auto sport, which was of course, you great did. Yes. until we had the big yeah, crash. Yeah, no, tell me about this crash because I, I'll, I'll be honest, I was supposed to go to auto sport this year right. and I was, I was supposed to go and I was supposed to meet a load of people and do loads of stuff. And it was one of those weeks where it just was a bit crazy busy. I was feeling a bit under the weather and I just didn't go. And I was scrolling through like social media posts and stuff. And then I think I saw a post from you that was something along the lines of, you know, um, sorry about the fact that we had to cancel the live show today because of the crash, but everyone's okay. And I was like, what, what, what's happened? Like, what? So yeah, what, what was, what was that? We were, so Terry Grant does a show with us every year. Yeah. I love him to bits and I, I, tr I do trust him with my life. And we've done a lot of stunts together before. Mm -hmm. And every year, autosport kind of comes together within a day. Like it's, yeah. It is. It's the ultimate live event where, yeah, you kind of you can prep and prep and prep, but when it happens, it yeah. happens, and whatever happens happens. But we physically get there on the day, not knowing what the show is. I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> we get there two days before. We obviously the company Network Productions is incredible, mm -hmm. and they bring in the different acts, so they know what acts are happening, and I guess the acts yeah. within themselves know what they're doing in their sequence i guess and then we come in and we compile the show so when then we put in the script we sit down we're like what is it who are we introducing who can we talk to who can we interview you know what mm. people are going to be here and we compile this show i guess within the day mm -hmm. but the day that we got there 
Terry had put quite a big stunt show together for the finale. Mm. And part of the stunt show was him ramping that big monster truck. So he would have the Aston doing the donuts in the middle and then the truck would come. And as the truck's coming, the FMX bikes are jumping over the truck as the truck kind of jumps over. I should also point out at this point, this is all happening indoors. (laughs) Indoors. In a room. Yes. And while this is happening, the you know, the, the guys are drifting around. So it's a, it's a big stunt show at the end. So we had to use our day that would, we would normally write the script and everything for the rehearsals of these stunts. Now, uh-huh. the time before, I watched Terry do this jump every day in the finale mm. as I was hosting because we did some stunts before. So I was doing the drifting of the cars and we had the car on two wheels and all that kind of stuff. Um so I'd seen him do it a million times. And so when he said to me, look, we're doing this thing. Do you want to be in the car? He said, I know I don't have to ask you because you're going to say yes, but I just, I'm just checking. And I'm like, obviously, I want to be in the car. Mm. So he said, look, um, I had a really big um, karting accident and I was not walking. My back was really bad. So I mm. said, look, you know, I'm not scared to be in the car. However, I'm just concerned about my back with the landing. Yes, yes. So he said, look, get in. We'll strap you in. We'll, you know, get you comfortable. We'll do one jump and we'll see how you feel. And I was like... As the car went over, like like a roller coaster, yeah. having the best day of my life, landed the car, and I was like, absolutely fine, no problem. Um, and then when we came to the live show, it was the press show actually. It was ah, a press show, right? And we hadn't actually done the whole sequence, okay, of the thing. And Terry was running around like a headless chicken, doing that stunt, jumping into this car. Then, he, and mm. he was also trying to coordinate everyone around yeah, of him. It was manic. And he got into the car and it would it just nothing was kind of lining up and he was a bit manic. We were worried about the thing. And there was a whole sequence of kind of signals where once the the once the other car was clear, you'd get the torch up. Then the, uh-huh. the car came in and once it was dri- like donutsing well, then you get a torch up. Then we would flash the lights so the FMX guys knew we were ready to go. And then we would go and then it kind of all came together. But it was just so manic and rushed and mm. Terry usually does a lap in the car to get it warm. That didn't happen. And as he was kind of going, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Mm. So I threw the microphone down. And luckily, I'd been doing stunt crashes before. I went into stunt crash yeah, mode. Arms, arms crossed the chest. Arms crossed. And I was like in a tiny little ball. And he, Terry felt like the, the car wasn't in gear properly. So obviously talking to him afterwards, he looked down to try, to try and change the gear. And by this time, we'd, we'd hit the ramp wrong. Oh, wow. And we'd hit it wrong. But he accelerated because he needed to get over the, the Aston yeah. below us. But now he's accelerated, which that sound lives rent-free in my mind forever. Um, <laughs> and the car kind of turned on its side. And I was concerned because now the bikes were coming over us. So I was like, uh, oh, my God, we're going to hit the bikes. Um, uh, but no, I just saw the ground kind of coming towards me and the whole car just rolled and rolled and rolled and we landed and it was, it was wild. I can um, yeah. and I finished the show. I was in such shock. Really? We got out the car. It was, you know, Terry, he said to me, he looked over to see, cause normally my hands are out the window waving. I've got the microphone mm-hmm. and, and that could have been my arm lost Completely. for sure. Cause we yeah. landed on that side of the car. But yeah, he, he was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And my legs were burning because I'd hit them I didn't know at the time but I hit Mm. them on the top of the roof as the car rolled so I was I didn't know what was going on had oil all over me and he was like are you okay are you okay and I was like um I think so I don't know and I had a harness on I couldn't move my neck right so I'd 
you can just see me in the video trying to get this off because I couldn't hear him because right. now my inner ears had come out. Oh my God. So I'm looking, I can't see him. So I'm looking over and eventually I can see him and he's like, please tell me, are you okay? And I'm like, I think I'm okay. And everyone is now running towards this car in the live show. Yeah. And um, he said, if you're okay, put your hand out the window. So my little head just goes, I didn't know if I was okay. I was just like, yeah, yeah, no, we're, yeah. Just, we're in the show. Yeah. Like, don't, it's fine. Yeah. And then he said, and then all of a sudden he's like, get out, get out, get out. And I'm like, oh my God, this truck's on fire or something. Like, mm. what's going on? Um, anyway, I jumped out the car super quick. And then this guy, because it's so loud on stage, the sound guy was hiding behind the ramp, ready to give me my microphone for the end and he didn't know this had happened so he came running out and just handed me my, brilliant my there you go there that was impressive all my, my <laughs> ears are thrown out my i'm full of oil i'm like my hair's everywhere now my helmet's been hit and and i'm just like deer in headlights and he hands me this microphone and i was like oh okay uh, okay no problem no that's fine I'll, I'll i'll finish the show no problem and john uh, johnny herbert was was doing it with me and he just looked at me and he's like are you okay i was like <laughs> Well, I can't hear anything, but that was a one big way to end the show. And, and now I can't hear a word. So I was just like, Johnny, oh over to you. You have to God. finish the show. So it was crazy. But, you know, I, I, got, I got back in the truck. I had to get back in and we did the jump another 13 times. And I think it was only on the last one where I was like, wee. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, at Big Brands is why you offer Emma Walsh the jobs. I am a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it fits into that uh, that that psychology of when it's all crashing and burning. Yep. You smile and wave and you carry on. I finished on. the show and I still did the script. So thank you, you very much. You lived the metaphor. <laughs> I really did. The yeah. show must go on. Um, but yeah, anyway, I started with autosport was your question. And yes. and it's it's really been super busy. So I've been very lucky. Things are just coming in. Um, but yes, it's terrifying. I never know what's coming up. Um, I've got a few brand deals that I'm kind of in, in talks with, but as, you know, long-term contracts, anything like that, mm. nothing. So we shall wait and see. Watch this space. Watch this space. But I, yeah, I've got a feeling it's going to be a good year. So I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. This has been interesting. I've learned a lot that I didn't know about you. I know. I feel like all our conversations we've had, we've must have covered a lot of topics. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think we've been around the world at least once in just <laughs> sure. random chat. I would have felt really guilty if we were just talking about me the whole time, though. It would have been a little <laughs> bit weird if I'd not gone, and what about you? <laughs> and, what about, and why are you here? Yes. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's always fun, this sort of stuff, especially when you kind of know somebody and you think, yeah. oh, I know all those stories. I'm like, oh, I didn't know them. I kind of knew the girl band thing. But yeah, the, de- mm. the kind of detail of that. Um, but this has been fascinating. Can you believe it? We've been talking for an hour and a half. <gasps> no. Yeah. I'm so sorry, listeners. I hope you're, so- <laughs> I hope you're still yeah. here at this point. You're still here. Um, <laughs> if you're still here and you're still listening, why don't you follow me on Instagram? Head over to <laughs> Miss well, Emma Walsh on Instagram. That. Yeah. I was having a joke. And, uh, and I want you to find the latest post, whatever she's written or whatever she's posted a picture of, or a reel, or whatever. And I'd like you to go into the comment section, and um, ooh, what, what, what can we get people to say? What can we say? Um, I was going to say crash and burn, but then if people That's, don't get the context, then trolly. they're going to be like, yeah, oh, you're a horrible <laughs> Let's person. Let's not say um, I don't know, just, you know, like 10 thumbs up emojis. That sounds really rubbish, but, you know, just... What can we say? We've been know. talking there so much, that we don't have something to say from all our stories. <laughs> don't know, I'm looking around right. the room. Like, Why are you looking around the room? Right, what could there be? Um, TV, television, lamp. lamp. <laughs> um, I love lamp. 
I love lamp. That's what you've got to say. Yeah. If you can say I love lamp, I will know that you've come from this podcast. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And forevermore. And believe it or not. So I did this on the first or second episode that we recorded. And I said, if you're listening to this, um, I can't remember. Maybe it was the first. It was within the first three or four. I said, if you're listening to this, uh, find our latest post on Instagram and write, I love Laguna Seca Blue M3s, which was an M3 I used to have. And I still, to this day, we recorded that in June June 2020, and I still see them. Oh, I love that. I think one a week I'll get where somebody's gone right back to episode one. So I'm going to get listened. I Love Lamp for I love the rest lamp. of my life. I hope so. I really do. And I hope you get Great. loads of them. So yeah, Miss Emma Walsh on Instagram. Find the latest post and the words you're typing, I Love Lamp. This has been great. Thank you so much. It's been much. fun, hasn't it? It's been really good. And yeah. it has been approximately, actually, dare we even work out, when was the last time we actually saw each other in human form? Oh my gosh. A long time. Yeah. Oh, at Cars and Coffee. Cars and Coffee. Where was that? Is that Cars and Coffee? What's the place called? Caffeine and Machine. That's the one. You see, look at that's my memory. (laughs) I know food though. (laughs) Yeah, I can remember exactly what I had. It was a burger and it was, yeah. Of course, yeah, Caffeine and Machine. That was a pure chance. You had a burger the first day we met at the Goodwood event. See? Story of my life. Food is my thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was was then. It was the last time I saw Wow. That was about a thousand years ago. Yes, too long. Too long. Right. Well, let's make a habit of not leaving it another year at a time. Let's be better. Be better. Um, Let's do more car stuff together. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. This has been great. It has been great. Thank Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you all made it this far. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And if you have, find that latest post on Emma's account and write, I love lamp. Wonderful stuff. There you go. Thanks, John. Thank you. Uh, thank you, dear listener, as well. Um, don't forget, you can see the entire back catalogue, every single conversation we've ever had. You can do that on uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Alternatively, you can see all of the episodes on our website. Speaking of the website, there's lots of things you can see there, including those written articles that we briefly mentioned that I also do and some videos that I also host and present. And um, yeah, follow us on socials at Driven Chat. Uh, if this is your first episode, you have now got 142 to catch up on. Lots of conversations very similar to this one featuring me and a collection of other voices interviewing people just like Emma. And it's been fun. Wonderful stuff. And they're going to continue to be fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. For now, I'll say thank you for listening. Speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end and it's john markar here again reminding you that this podcast the driven chat podcast has now run its course and has come to an end to find the new format search the driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps thanks bye